Well, good day and welcome to Holding Fast. I trust that your anchor is gripped firmly to the rock of Scripture. Thank you for letting me into your day today. Looking forward to spending a few moments around God's Word. It's important for us to be anchored closely to the Word of God, given the uncertainty of the days that we live in. Made comments on that even in the past few weeks, that this seems to be a time of great uncertainty and shifting politics and economies and things that are going on. And if we're not careful, we can take our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ and find them fixed on uh, whoever's in office at any given moment, and we can become discouraged and downright uh, uh, in despair if we're not careful. So I want to use this opportunity to also encourage you to know that this is not something that's outside of God's control. It's not something that God did not expect or did not know was going to unfold. As a matter of fact, if we return for a few moments to Second Timothy chapter 3, uh, we are reminded once again that there will be times during the end days when there will be punctuated times where evil will will uh, will arise and ascend and dominate for a time. I really do think that as a, a historian, uh, as a history buff that, that I am, I read a lot about history, and I think a lot of God's people, particularly in America, have it wrong in that they think that these unbroken times of freedom and prosperity and the exercise of of religion and of our Christianity in our nation. And God's been pleased to give us that kind of freedom and joy. But we need to understand that that's something the Bible says is not normal. In fact, it is more normal for the church to be going through times of struggle, of persecution, of mocking, because this world is no friend of Christ. And therefore, it will be no friend of those who are followers and disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think we need to do a reset in our thinking and change our pattern in the way we work our way through current events and things that are going on around the world today, that increasingly things will be hostile. Uh, the world and its governments will be hostile towards God's people. Psalm, the second Psalm actually mentions this, that the world will constantly be trying to throw off the shackles of God's rule, of God's word, of God's ordinances and statutes, and they will mock and they will just froth at the mouth over the things of God. I mean, even today, you can recognize this. You you hear about the name of Christ being mentioned, or you hear of biblical doctrine being promoted, and it instantly, uh, instantly experiences the venom of a world that has absolutely set itself against the cause of Jesus Christ. So let's understand that this world is not our home and we're just passing through. And Timothy is being instructed by Paul here in the book of 2 Timothy in the epistle. And Paul is taking the opportunity to be able to share his thoughts with Timothy to make sure he understands how he ought to view what's unfolding in the world today. And he says that specifically there would be people that would be uh, supposed religious leaders that are going to be purposefully lovers of their own selves and that there are some 26 characteristics that will descend from that love of self, that love that's going to 
uh, 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 evidence itself in all kinds of sin and uh, twistedness and perversion. We've gone through a number of those that related not only to themselves, like uh, they're going to be lovers of self and lovers of money and boastful and arrogant and revilers and disobedient to parents and ungrateful and unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. There'll be malicious gossips. And the other three that I want to look at just today is found in verse three, and and that is that they will be without self-control. They'll be brutal. They will be haters of good. That rounds out what verse three is teaching. So the scripture then is teaching us that at the end of verse three, those three characteristics without self-control being the first one, uh, describes really a person who has jettisoned any inhibitions and shame. Somebody who really doesn't care what people think or about what happens to them because of what he does. He's actually oblivious and ignorant of what it, how their behavior affects, affects anybody else. It's uh, you from time to time hear about the effort of technology firms uh, like Tesla or others that are trying to develop these driverless cars or this car that you can just get into. And they have these controlled tracks where they will simulate towns or cities and these driverless cars will go around and inevitably you hear about a car that careens haphazardly, crashes into whatever gets in its way. I mean, to a large degree. Some of them are successful, but the fact is somebody who is a lover of self is like that car who eventually, which eventually loses control and that crashes into things. A lover of self listener will eventually lose control of his own life and become a slave to his passions and ambitions. They will take over and it is irrelevant who is in the way. The The scripture says that, that a lover of self will have no self-control as he continues to make that, uh, to make that transition. Uh, so no story of, uh, the story of no self-control can be written, uh, without noticing today that the effects of sex and drugs and alcohol and food uh, and and work or whatever we do, it'll often be done and people will not control themselves anymore because they are lovers of self. That's what it inevitably degenerates into. Verse 3 goes on to say that men will even be brutal as a result of this cruelty, brutality, that's nothing new in the world. But the Apostle Paul writes here by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and says that the last days would be punctuated and marked by a particular brutality that, are, that, that will be evidenced in our culture. It refers to a savagery like that of wild beasts whose, whose nature it is to attack enemies and tear them to pieces. Self-love that is not checked makes a person insensitive, malicious, and eventually brutal to those that they're around. And then the last part of verse 3 just gives another description of men will be like, and it says literally that they would be despisers of good. Uh, They will despisers of those that are good. Uh, There just seems to be too many examples of this in our modern society to pick out examples. For one example, there was a time when most people thought letting people live was good and killing them was generally a bad thing. 
But today we live in a culture when the simple good of life is now despised and attacked through abortion, through the glorifying of violence and murder, and through euthanasia. There are so many things that characterize what that's all about today. That downward spiral, that self-lovers become haters of good. Hating what should be loved and loving what should be hated. Inevitably, they're going to sink to what amounts to an animal level. But unlike animals, they know what is good, yet they choose to despise and oppose it. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. The Lord warned the wicked who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, and who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Haters of good remain under God's judgment. And that's what characterizes today. And I suppose that if there's uh, any a time in my lifetime that that's reflected, it's even today. On March 6, 1996, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals literally declared the United States Constitution gives every American the right to kill someone else. Essentially, the court said that if you think someone might want to die, even if they have never said so, you can kill them and no law can stop you. Isn't that amazing? You can kill someone if you are a doctor, a nurse, a pharmacist, a family member, or a, quote, significant other to a person you think wants to die. And from the judge's ruling, when patients are no longer able to pursue liberty or happiness and do not wish to pursue life, they can be killed. And that federal judge directly tied his decision to the right to abortion on demand. The reasoning seems to be that if the state must allow us to kill humans in the womb, it must allow them to kill them later. What a day we live in. But the Bible said that that's exactly what would occur. We have to, we have to bring our thinking into conformity with the revealed truth of the Word of God, or this is exactly what happens. Men will be lovers of their own selves, and as a result, that's what's going to descend into absolute anarchy and crazy thinking. May God help us to give our minds to the Word of God and to have our thinking structured by it. So we should not be surprised by what's happening. We should understand that this is what's going to happen as God foresees it in Scripture. Let's keep our minds fixed on Christ. Let's not allow the thinking and the rationalization of the world around us to taint our own thinking because if we're not careful, believer, the reality is that if you expose yourself in a sophisticated way to the mindset of the world we live in today, it will result in your thinking unlike Christ, but you will be thinking like Satan. So let's keep our minds fixed firmly on the promises and the truth of the Word of God. God bless you today. Let your thinking be shaped by the Word of God and anchored firmly to Him, holding fast to what is right. God bless you. Walk with Christ.